Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin's not just a place, it's a people. Very good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GEA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. On today's show, we're going to be focusing on ladies' action because it's all anybody's talking about around the country at the minute uh, to look on all of the comings and goings of the last few days, including Lorgan's exit uh, at semi-final stage in the Senior Championship. Looking forward to a Division One league final between Lorgan and Killigarry. And I suppose what everybody's talking about, the Castle Rahan Den Steelstown saga continues and the PRO of the LGFA in Cavan here joins me, Aideen Coyle, to go through all. I suppose we'll start with the big story because it's it's been picked up by national media, it's been picked up all across the board. Um, last night, Castle Rahan Den scored a goal against no opposition to progress to the Ulster Intermediate Final, but there's a huge, huge backstory to this one, Aideen, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, massive. It's um, crazy and it's definitely grabbing a lot of headlines and a lot of the social media on it. Um, you know, it's it's a crazy one, Castor. And then obviously it was in the 3G. No one knew if Steels then were going to arrive. Uh, the game had to be waited on the rule book 15 minutes after the designated throw-in time. The referee threw up the ball at quarter past eight. Lisa Fitzsimon scored a goal and um, it was just absolutely crazy. The whole thing is, is a really um, bizarre scenario, really. Yeah, surreal. Just to to see it happening. Uh, you had sent the video. It's been it's been widely used now at this stage. You see the Anglo Celt had it up. So, but you're 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 looking at the game. You're kind of saying, how does it ever come to this? So, if we take it right back, Castle Rahan then beat um, Ballyhegan Sunday week gone by, and on that day, Steelstown were due to play Bally Shannon. I think I'm right in saying, but the the game was called off because of pitch was was not playable. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's correct. Yeah. So that was two Sundays ago. Um. So that was the start of it. Yeah. They had travelled, and I think they travelled some journey up to up to Donegal for that game. And then when they got there, the referee done the pitch inspection, and um, pitch wasn't playable. So they had to turn on their heels and and go back down the road to Derry. And to to the best of your knowledge, was there any approach to play that game midweek? Because I remember immediately after hearing when Castle and then um, beat Ballyhagan that the game wasn't going to be the following weekend. So it, it mustn't have been an option, really. Yeah, no, I don't actually know if that was ever discussed because I know I was talking to a few from the Castle and then club on Monday um, and already they had kind of word that their game was going to be midweek the following week, that that, sem- that quarterfinal would be on the Sunday, which to me was a bit bizarre. Um, I thought it should have been played under lights midweek that week gone by and the semi-final still should have went ahead the Sunday and the final still should have went ahead the following Sunday and stick as much to the master plan as you can without disrupting so many teams um, but yeah no from from what I kind of heard that was always going to be the thing the 
quarterfinal was going to go the following Sunday and then Castro and then we're going to have to look for light, a pitch under lights. Okay, which made it, made it difficult. It wasn't exactly home advantage, which was the draw that they were given, which would have been out in cross keys, but because no lights were there, that option was taken away. And I suppose then, so the game goes ahead between Steelstown and Ballyshannon. Steelstown win the game, but immediately it sounded like Steelstown didn't want to play midweek. So they there was a, there was a meeting organised, um, a Zoom meeting organised on the Tuesday for the Tuesday night with yeah. uh, and Den representative, Steelstown representative, and Derry Gonley representative who are waiting in the final um, for the winners of and Den and Steelstown, and obviously the Ulster LGFA were in it. And from what I can read on this one, while there wasn't agreement from everybody, the majority ruled and. The fixture was to go ahead on the Wednesday night with the final to be played the following Sunday, so Sunday coming. Um, and the reason for that being that the Ulster champions must face the British champions in two weeks' time over in somewhere in England. So if you win Ulster, rather than having six days to try to prepare flights, accommodation for that game abroad, you've got 13 days instead. So that was why... All I think by the sounds of it, both Derry Gonley and Castle Rahan then and the Ulster Council all felt that it was best to just get get the Ulster final done this weekend to allow the team to prepare properly for the All Ireland series. Yeah, yeah, I think that was it. And look at this end of the day, we always ask for fixtures, we always plan everything around it, and it was you know it was tough in the Castle Rahan what then ones to change one day without the possibility of getting to the Ulster final having to change that date as well and um, the Derry Gonley ones then as well so do you know obviously the majority were going to go to stick with what they knew and then have that weaker do you know it's not easy to start booking flights and uh, hotels and everything that's needed when you go away to a game like that in six or seven days so um, yeah I can understand where Ulster were coming from look the other side I can see where Steelstown are coming from played three big games potentially three big games in the space of seven days is, is tough and any club would, would be tough on them as well. So um I can see I can see their heart, but look these fixtures were made known to them. They knew on the Sunday if they won there was the potential of them playing on the Wednesday then as well. So um yeah it's it's a bizarre one and um yeah you kind of you'd be hearing stories from other ones and that they had travelled halfway down and then the torn and come back and um the torn because they'd no boots and stuff like that. But from what I hear, Ulster had made it very clear on that that conference or whatever the phone call was on the Tuesday night that the possibility would be that the game would take place in the 3G. So um, that they should have known, I suppose, in, in that sense that there was a possibility, especially with the weather warnings and that, that um, more than likely pitches weren't going to be playable. Yeah, it, it seemed because what we were getting yesterday afternoon was Steelstown complaining uh, very uh, strongly on social media uh, our members of the Steelstown club complaining and saying that the change of venue and we only have steel studs or certain players only have steel studs and they rang the referee and the referee said you can't play on 3G with steel studs and these sort of things I, I again I'd love to find out the, the exact truth on that because the referee showed up so if he had advised them not to come down, then why would the referee show up? It, it doesn't quite add up to me on that one. But the other thing being that there was representatives from Derry Gonley, Castle and Den, and Ulster executives that were on that meeting, on that call, 
with Steelstown, and it was clearly stated that the the the, the, the 3G pitch in Kingsbourne Breffney was booked as a backup in case Templeport wasn't available. So it 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 doesn't really hold a lot of water to say that they didn't they didn't um they didn't know that the 3G pitch was available, you know. So it it just it doesn't it doesn't I suppose the, the majority of the um abuse online is going towards Ulster on this mm-hmm. one. But they've they've got a fixture calendar to fall by to, to, to follow. And they had a, a a meeting with the with with the parties that are interested or the the, the uh, stakeholders in this was there more than Ulster could have done on this yeah I actually I don't think so you know I think they'd hunt everything as best they could you know they'd set it out and I know myself I guess the emails from fixtures from Ulster's PRO and I had got the email to say that this fixture was going ahead on Wednesday and then the final would be going ahead on Sunday I think I got that either um, Sunday morning or something before that actually quarterfinal was played so it was made very clear that that game was going to go ahead Wednesday and then Sunday as well um, it came out at about half three yesterday that the change of venue was from Templeport to the 3G breath and in my opinion that's adequate time to factor in travelling and everything now I understand some people might look at their emails as, as quickly as that and it might take an hour or so to see it and might have been on on the bus but um, Ulster looked to have done everything everything by the book in, in my opinion you know the fixtures are made it, it's a difficult situation as I say and I do feel for the Steels now that they had that level of game in, in the short space of time but as you say fixture the fixture calendars are there and it's, it's a tight schedule with the with the pitch availability and everything at this time of year it's very very difficult for mm. for things to be pushed out and um, you know that final as, like, you know you feel for Derry Gonley and Casarat and then who are affected by this as well and, and potentially could be affected like it's it's not set in stone if this game will go ahead Sunday and that's probably the frustrating thing for the two teams there as well to know what's going to happen or or what is the outcome of it so um, it's, I suppose it's still very much all up in the air as well at the minute mm. it, And it's it, the, the other problem within this is obviously the All-Ireland Finals at club level in, in the LGFA are played I think it's the weekend of the 18th of December so it's not that you have a big huge window between now and Christmas that you can you can fill it up and say, I oh, will put everything back a week or two. You're disrupting the entire year and into January if you don't follow that schedule here. So it, it, it becomes very, very difficult. As you say, you're a player from, you know, Derry Gonley and or 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 the players from Castle Rand. Yeah. We're hearing about some of the Steelstown players, I think, that are over in the UK on, on in college or or working. But there was big disruption for Castle and Den players as well. Yeah, exactly. When they heard that the possibility their game was midweek, a lot of the girls I know are on midterm now. Castle and Den are a very young team. A lot of girls in in college and um, teachers as well, and they'd booked to go away on midterm. A few girls were in Edinburgh, and I think one girl was as far as out in America. Maybe I could be wrong. Florida or somewhere like that as well, who had to arrange their flights. Um, around getting back for that game last night, so it's it's definitely frustrating for them to turn up to the 3G last night up until quarter past eight warming up as if the game was going ahead you know they had that thought in their head that Steelstown still could arrive so it's, it's definitely frustrating for them there their preparations for that game weren't ideal knowing that first of all where was it going to be it was in Mullen then it was in Temport and then it was in the 3G so um, it hasn't been ideal for them as well and I do feel for them there's that that came home and had to change 
plans around and girls had to change off work in that as well. You know, they were in the same situation as Steenstown with that as well. So, um, you know, obviously it was easier because it was a home game for Castle and then, but it still it still caused a lot of problems and, and headaches for girls as well. Yeah, it definitely did. It 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 becomes a very difficult situation when when everybody has made their plans according to the master fixture plan and then something happens. Like uh, the one thing that I would and I don't know why it didn't happen, but the the problem solving should have happened after this Sunday game uh, between Ballyshannon and Steelestown yeah. wasn't played. The following Wednesday, that should have gone ahead. There, there should there should have been no um no allowance to let it go any further than that for the simple reason. And and maybe that's something the LGFA, the Ulster Council and the LGFA will will take note on that if there's a postponed fixture, it must be played midweek and and and, and lay, put that out on I suppose the start of the year so that everybody knows exactly what's going to happen there as well. Um the, the other disappointing thing I suppose from from Castle and Den's point of view is as you say, like I don't know what they could do last night after. So the the game wasn't officially conceded in terms of that that Steelstown didn't officially make any contact with Ulster Council to say that they weren't fulfilling the fixture. I know it was all over social media, but that that was by individuals and 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 maybe club social media. That doesn't that doesn't fall under officially conceding or officially objecting either way. So the the notification hadn't come through to Ulster Council by half seven yesterday evening. Yeah, no, it was funny. They they contacted Castrat and then or Ulster, I'm not sure which, and asked for the game to be pushed back half an hour. So it went out in Castrat and then social media that the game was now at eight o'clock. Um, and probably in the space of 15, 20 minutes, Steelstown had it up on their social media that the game was off. So this already caused a bit of confusion. But as you say, no, at no stage did they send in an email or, or make contact with Castrat and then or, or Ulster to say they were travelling or or that they weren't travelling. So mm. all that they all that they were going off on the treaty last night was that post on social media that saying that they'd turned the bus around and the game wasn't going ahead. So, you know, as I say, Casarat then warmed up. They warmed up so intensely and we were kind of watching going, God, you know, this game could be going ahead because they were in the real in the game mode and setting up but in their heads that Steelstown were going to arrive because they hadn't made that official contact, hadn't sent any email, any phone call. Um and they had gotten that half hour Brace pushing the game back as well. So um, that was a bit strange as well that they would request an extra half an hour and then decide 15, 20 minutes later that no, we're actually not going to keep travelling. Yeah. It, <laughs> you know, it's a surreal scenario. I, I, I still pinch myself because when I'm looking at it across social media, it, I suppose forced out and shouting loudest seems to be the, uh, the, the narrative that will take control. But there's a lot more to the story than on one side of it here and, and hopefully we, we brought a little bit of balance to it because I don't think there's any winners in the situation anyway. The fact that Steelstown didn't feel that they could fulfil the fixture or couldn't come down and play, there was something going on there as well. But it's a it's a disappointing way to, to progress. But as it stands, Kasseran then now progressed to the Ulster final as we go recording this uh, half five on, on, on the Thursday evening Sunday afternoon in Healy Park in Oma Castellan then will take on Derry Gonley um, in the Ulster Intermediate Final I think it, it's three o'clock or half three um, and the junior final is on before it um, so it's a double header so hopefully 
hopefully it goes ahead. Hopefully the girls can get to play and the schedule is is not disrupted any further as uh, as, as the year gets closer to Christmas. Yeah, yeah, it's down for three o'clock in in Oman. As you said, the minute it's it will be going ahead on Sunday. Derry Gonley and Casserat and then so, um, like as I say, it's not ideal preparations for them having not played their semi final and then not knowing whether an appeal could come in or that. But um, I'm sure you know they'll they'll obviously have a training session tonight or tomorrow night and get down to business and put the full focus on Derry Gonley. It's a big occasion for them to be in an Ulster final for a Cavan team to be there as well. So. Um, it's great and, and if it does go ahead we wish them the very very best the best of luck um, you know they've been serious ambassadors so far for Calvin they've been an unbelievable championship campaign they've been unbeaten and they've gone through they had a great win in the first round of the championship and um, so yeah they're very very in my opinion strong favourites up against Derry Gonley of Fermanagh as well um, but yeah three o'clock Sunday it'll be interesting to see will Casarat and then be taken to the field or not yeah, fingers crossed. There'll be there'll be a lot of people watching out for that one anyway. So, um, okay, that's that's all we can bring on that one. Moving on to last Sunday's action where Lorgan were hosting uh, Dunamine in the Ulster Senior Ladies Club Championship semi final after beating um, Terman the previous Sunday. They they took on the Giants of Ulster and Dunamine. They're going for four in a row, the Monaghan champions. They're looking for their ninth title in, I think, 11 years or 10 years. They're, as you um, were writing in the Celt this week, 20 senior championships in a row in Monaghan in a very competitive county. They just showed their, their absolute class against a, a young, I suppose, uh, Lorgan team on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was, it was a difficult day for... Lorgan, they were up against an unbelievable Dunamoyne team. Um, they nearly looked like a county team playing against Lorgan. Their movement off the ball, their running in numbers was was unbelievable. It actually reminded me of watching Mead in the All-Ireland final. They always seemed to have three or four running off the shoulder. And it, it was difficult for Lorgan to to curtail them and keep them at bay. Their two um, full forwards, uh, Katrina McConnell and Lauren Gartland, couldn't miss in the first half. Um, everything they they were only probably given an inch and they were putting up some unbelievable scores. Um, Lorgan did open the scoring with a Clara Lynch free straight from the throw in, but from this point, Dunamoyne went on to score one five. The goal coming from Rosemary Courtney, um, after ball in from her sister Cora Courtney. Now Lorgan did have the chance to reduce the deficit. Um, Clara Lynch scored a point and a goal chance fell to. Eva Brady, but she was it was excellently saved by Linda Martin, a very, very experienced goalkeeper there as well. Um, the last 10 minutes of the half, Clara Lynch pointed and Eve Tolan pointed after excellent play with her sister Emma Tolan and Dunamoyne finished the half with seven points, which left them up 12 points at half time, one thirteen to four points. So it was always going to be an uphill battle for the second half um, for Lorgan and um, the killer blow kind came two minutes after half time when Rosemary Courtney this time set up Lauren Gartland for the second goal of the game um, a ball in over the top was was finished by Garland who Evelyn Bach could do nothing to deny it um, Lorgan again almost had the perfect reply Neve Tolan and Ava who Hayes who I thought was excellent combined to set up Aoife Brady for another goal chance but again it was saved by Linda Martin um, the killer blow really came Neve Tolan was shown in my opinion a very harsh yellow card for her towered foul but it was, look it's a rule I think the ladies need to look at it it was a torn very very harsh um harsh foul it was, it was soft in my opinion but um she was shown a yellow card which put them down to 14 players a few minutes later the the numerical advantage was um overturned 
Uh, Dunhamwine was shown a yellow card. Hazel Kingham got a yellow for a high tackle. And when you look at the two yellow cards and see the difference, there was a big difference between them. Um, uh, Emma Tolan scored probably the point of the game for Lorgan, but um, O'Connell was excellent in in the full forward line and kept the scoreboard ticking for Dunhamwine. Now, Lorgan did keep them to 1-5 in the second half and that goal just coming from uh, straight after halftime. But um, as I say, the deficit was, was very large in the... First half, um, Shana Galligan came on and got a goal towards the end of the second half, which was more than Lorgan deserved, to be honest. They kept with Lorgan, or they kept with Dunamine, they kept pushing, they never give up, they show great characters, and um, keep going in the game as well. Kira Brady, their captain, was was excellent and the real leader from centre back for them. And I suppose it was good to see Shana Galligan, a youngster who done her cruciate um I think a year, a year and a half ago with the county under sixteen. So it's good to see her come on and get a goal and it's definitely a name we'll be seeing. Um, for Lorgan in the in the future, yeah, yeah. Like again, there's there's no shame in losing to Dunamine in any game. They are, they have five All Ireland Senior Championship titles to their name. There's, there's three of the girls who on that, or three or four of the girls in that Dunamine team who have won all twenty of those Senior Championships. The last time they weren't in the Ulster final in in ladies football senior level was in two thousand and three when McBride won it. Um, so you know, it, it just goes to show that they have an unbelievable group of players there that that have been servants for a very, very long time and continue to push on. And they're looking at all Ireland's, not necessarily just even county or provincial titles, as they go out. And they were they, they were maybe expecting Terman in the semi final, but once Lorgan beat Terman they knew that they were going to have to be on top of their A game and they brought it very quick. That 1-5 at the start of the game had to be crucial in, in, in the overall outcome. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. And um, yeah, they showed their, their class all across the pitch. You know, as I said, their, their movement off the ball, their their point taking was excellent. As I said, they were just so clinical in the first half. And, um, you know, Lorgan will take so much experience from playing up against a team like that. You know, it's frightening when you see when you when you say all them stats about what they have and all the medals they've picked up between club and county, you know, they've some massive players there that were big, big players for Monaghan um, ladies as well. So against a very, very young Lorgan side, a lot of them will be playing in their Ulster minor championship now at the end of November. That game's the 27th of November. So um, Lorgan won't be... Um, you know, a team that's going to go away anytime soon. You know, they're definitely a team on the up and don't know why I've used it. They've just been there for so, so long. It's very hard to, unless you get a very, very quick start against them. But the other thing was they got a quick start, unfortunately. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But um, there's, there's plenty more to come from, from this Lorgan team. As I said, very, very young. And this Saturday is their opportunity to start that. They're taking on Killigarry in the Division One League final in Beltorba at three o'clock. So, uh, a repeat of the senior championship final should be a dinger. Yeah, it should be a great game. Um, Killigarry obviously had to wait a while for this. The semi final was the eighth of October, where they bet Crucial on a scoreline of two twelve to fourteen points. Killigarry are actually the title holders at the moment. They won it in two thousand and nineteen. Uh, two thousand and twenty final wasn't played because Lacken were in the middle of the Ulster campaign when COVID hit and quit all football. And then twenty twenty one, there was no competition either with the short calendar year. So. Killigarry are going in as the reigning champions and will take a bit of confidence from that. That year, the best crush law who were after winning the senior championship. So they caught them on the hop. So um, obviously, Lorgan, you know, might go in as favourites because they've had this run in Ulster. They've had competitive games, but Killigarry, um, as they've done, as I said before, they, they can catch teams and hop. And I'm expecting this to be a very, very tight game like the senior championship final. 
yeah, should be a good one. All right, Kiligary will be out for revenge and Lorgan will be looking to bounce back from last weekend's defeat. So both sides highly motivated. Um, so that shows you that three o'clock in Biltorbet, uh, get along to, to watch that game. Should be, should be very good. Um, in terms of ladies football, I think that's all we have to cover unless I've forgotten something, Aideen. Yeah, well, I suppose we can probably mention it next week anyway. And um, minor league is in hitting round four now at this stage. So it's starting to, gain a bit of momentum the minor leagues running on Sunday mornings um, Division 1 just to quickly run through Crucial Laws and the leader at that at the minute but um, just about the Lorgan Cavan Gales and Killigarry um, are all hot in their tails in Division 2 Ballyhays are at the top of the table with three wins from three um, in Division 3 it's Cornafane who are leading the pack there and Division 4 and Upride and Killing Care both have three wins from three and meet this Sunday which will be um, exciting and then Division 5 it's built Horbert Red Hills so um, we're still very much in the tick of the action here in the ladies scene and um, then finals aren't down till the 3rd or 4th of December so we'll be near Christmas by the time that competition's played so loads of football there still to be played you know, what, a, what a great way to, to start your Christmas celebration by picking up a league title there with, with, with your minor club team. It couldn't be better. So great to see the football going deep into the year because the more the more you play, the better you get. There's no, no question about that. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Just very briefly, if you don't mind, we'll switch codes on to Camogie because, um, and I hadn't prepared you for this one, but just to run through it, so Cass or Krushala had their first win in Ulster against Glenn in a very tight game. Glenn from Derry, eight points to seven. Their next game is up this weekend where they're playing is called Grainmore. Or Gra- yeah, Grainmore, yeah, the Armagh champions, yeah. So that's on, on uh, the 5th of November this weekend. Um, so wishing them the, the very best of luck. I'd, I'd say even Lara wishing them the best of luck. Yeah, look, it's always nice to see more so than the football as well. You know, it's nice to see the Cavan teams go and um, do well. I think Lacken are out now against Clontibbert on the 12th of November um, right. as well. So, you know, you, you're always hoping that Cavan teams will go and progress. It'll only make the county team and everything else stronger then as well with that. Yeah, without a doubt. And then obviously you had your... your um. The All Ireland finalists wasn't it? Castlerahan made the All Ireland final um, in this competition in the Junior B. Yeah, then got to the, the B, uh, Junior B. Yeah, they were beaten by Breed of Mayo. So right. yeah, I get, look, I expect Lacken to do very, very well in that competition as well. That that was the competition then we're in is the competition Lacken's in. So um, expecting Lacken of a of a very, very strong team for that competition. So. I'd be expecting them to progress through Ulster anyway and um, hopefully get a bit further as well. It'd be great to see them go. And then we're very, very unlucky that a few years ago there to lose out to, to that team in the final. Yeah, definitely so. Okay, folks, that's all we've time for. Don't forget to check out um, our podcast over on patreon.com forward slash we are Kevin. Every single week, we try to bring you the ladies podcast with Aideen or Maggie Kyle or both. 
uh, where we go through camogie and ladies football. So if you don't already subscribe, head on over to patreon.com forward slash we are Calvin. We'll also have a look back over on the Drumlane's victory in their senior or sorry, junior Ulster championship uh, round one. Um, and they get ready for their quarterfinal this weekend against Clonus. So myself and Paul Fitzpatrick look back and look forward to all that action over on our diehard service on Patreon. So thanks a million, Aidan, for your time. Thanks, Damien. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great stuff. And Larry has put it over the bar. It was hard, fast football after that. You're in Yeah. Was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Kevin to get come back into the big time? And then McCabe and it's over the lap. And Kevin are not buried yet. Have them doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonald, what a goal! Andy Leggett Farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah!